Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Come on, with a show of hands, who I know probably majority of you, who's never heard me before or know who I am? Come on, probably a lot of people in here. Uh, like Pastor Mike said, I have the honor of leading our high school ministry here for the San Marcos region. Do we got any high schoolers in the building this morning? Any of the high school team? I know a lot of them were at the 9 a.m. Uh, and it's been an incredible journey. You know, honestly, I never thought I would be here today getting to do the things that I get to. But I love, you know, God because he's all about the journey. He's all about the journey. You know, we go through different things in our life and it's those things that actually strengthen us. It's those things that we get to overcome to step into the men and women that God has called us to be. And really a tagline in some evidence of seeing God move in my life is the fact that this church is a fresh, real, and powerful church. Who is thankful to be at Awaken Church, that it's a fresh, a real, powerful place? But what I also love is that this is truly a house of transformation. That you come into this place one way and you leave completely different. And I am a personal, you know, representation of that, of what God's done in my life over the last eight years, like Pastor Mike mentioned a few minutes ago, of, of honestly just saying yes to God. And as I'm saying yes to God, it's been through seasons of, you know, growing pains and stepping out of comfort zones that has made me into who I am today. And honestly, just share it with you, like, you know, I'm, you never arrive. We never arrive. We're always becoming. And I believe God is wanting to help us grow into those new levels with him. But stepping into, you know, this being a house of transformation, I actually got a photo of myself and a good friend of mine, Pastor Ash Matesius, at our first ever high school summer camp that I went to. And so to kind of give you a quick little backstory, I'm gonna move quickly through this. I know a lot of you know my story, but over eight years ago, I came to this church. You know, my mom, we went down to our Balboa campus years ago. We went to a couple Sundays and then found out the high school ministry was doing a summer camp. And my mom's like, you need to go. It's Lake Mead. Your last name's Mead. It's meant to be. And I'm like, no, mom, I don't know anybody. Like, I'm shy, I'm insecure. I made up every excuse in the book. But I end up going to this uh, camp and my life got forever changed. I met, you know, incredible people. And uh, one of the nights, Pastor David Chittick, who's up here to my left, an incredible man, he was praying over people during the last service that we had. And instead of, you know, like preaching a message, he's one of the greatest communicators, greatest preachers that I know. But instead of like preaching a great message, he's like, I wanna pray for students. I wanna pray for teenagers. And I remember him just, you know, going from my left to his right, like was just praying for so many people. And then he called me out of the crowd and said, hey, what's your name? And I told him my name and he's like, God's telling me to tell you that you're a powerhouse, that you're an influencer and that you're a leader. And honestly, those were the things that I never saw myself as. When I would look at myself in the mirror every single day, I saw insecurity, I saw shyness, I saw lack of confidence. But who is thankful that we go to a church that is filled with transformation, that you might come in one way, but that's not gonna be how you stay. And what I love about God is it's, it's been an incredible journey where I've been able to build some incredible relationships. And we have another photo that I wanna share with us. This was at summer camp just a few weeks ago where I got asked for the first time to speak at our summer camp and preach. 
And I don't share that with you to brag and say, oh man, look at me, I'm so cool. No, this is a story of seeing God work full circle where a young boy who was shy, who was insecure, who didn't trust who God had made me to be was now someone that gained confidence to grab a stage and preach to the same people that Pastor David Chittick was preaching to over eight years ago. So I'm thankful that we go to a place that is filled with transformation. And I was talking with the sheriff, Rick Young, and he was sharing with me after the nine o'clock service of, you know, we hear the word transformation a lot, right? Like a lot of you know, hear that word, you know, it's talked about a ton, but what does that really mean? And it's sometimes hard, you know, at times to see transformation in people's life. But what I love what he said is it's been is some things that I'm gonna share on this morning has been evidence that God is real, that God is about transformation, that God cares for you so much that he doesn't wanna just leave you how you came in here, that he wants to take you through seasons of life growing in your relationship and ability with him. So I'm gonna jump right into it this morning. Who's ready? You guys buckle your seatbelts. Pastor Matt said I could preach for five hours. You guys good if I preach for five hours? Just kidding. We'll be out of here real quick. But as I was thinking of what I wanted to preach and before I jump into the title of my message this morning, you know, my life has been a life of transformation, like I've said, and there's been really three pivotal things that have kind of shaped the man that I am today. And I wanna share those with you this morning to bring hope into your life that if God did it for me, he can do it for you. God is not a respecter of persons. It doesn't matter the things that you walk through that God wants to use you and do mighty things through your life. And so this morning, I'm gonna be sharing on three different things, but it's not like a step-by-step process of you gotta have transformation in all three of these areas to see God move. They're all powerful in their own. So I hope you can take something away from it this morning. But the title of my message is called Facing the Man in the Mirror. Facing the man on the mirror, you know, a little bit of the Michael Jackson, I wish I could sing, but you know, staring at the man in the mirror, staring at the woman in the mirror. Honestly, yeah, I can't sing. Sheriff wants me to sing. A lot of people know my Call Me Maybe video, you know. I wish that thing would die, but that thing is not dead. We'll bring it back. I'm surprised that's not how you introed me this morning, Pastor Mike. But facing the man in the mirror, and if I could be honest with you this morning, every time I would wake up, every time I would, you know, get ready for the day and look at myself in the mirror, I would see myself as flawed. I would see myself as insecure. And I don't know about you, but I feel like majority of us, we always look at the negative things before the positive things. And so this morning, as we face ourselves, as we look at ourselves, my hope for us is that we can actually see ourselves through the eyes of God, that we are perfect, that we are unique, that it doesn't matter our flaws, our weaknesses, the things that we're struggling with, that through the eyes of God, we are perfect. And so this morning, that's gonna be what I'm gonna be sharing about, and it's gonna be powerful. But the first transformation that I wanna talk about that is something that is evidence of my life that God is real is from insecure to confident. From insecure to confident, and there's a story in the Bible that I'm gonna get to about Moses and Exodus here in a minute. But what I believe is, is I really know that God wants to use your insecurity. That God actually wants to use your insecurity. And, and honestly, I always thought that you know the people that God used in the Bible were all people that didn't struggle with something that they didn't have an insecurity, they were just these perfect people. And so every time, you know, I would look at myself, I'm like, oh man, like God only uses the best. I have some things that I'm going through that I'm struggling with, like I'm already ruling myself out. 
but who knows that's not the case, that God uses all sorts of people, people that were prostitutes, people that were struggling with things, people that killed people, people that you know committed adultery. And so this morning, what I'm here to talk about is don't let your insecurities get in the way of what God has in store for you. You know, something I always thought as well is, I thought if something's broken in me, that means God can't use me. Same thing for a lot of us. We might think there's stuff broken in us, and that's our excuse of, man, I'm not rich enough. I don't have, you know, this thing or that thing. Fill in the blank, whatever it may be. And it could be those things that are a ceiling over your life that you're saying to God, hey, God, you can't use me because what you think and what you personally believe of yourself, but I'm here to shatter that lie. We're in a truth bomb series, and I believe God wants to shatter those lies in your life this morning. And so I wanna read in Exodus chapter three, verse 10, kind of to paint the picture for us, there's this guy named Moses. Who's heard of Moses before? I'm sure if you've been in church more than you know, a couple weeks, you've probably heard about this incredible guy. But I love this story about Moses because you know, he encounters God at a burning bush. And you know, God is speaking to him and this, this bush is burning, but it's not being consumed. I'm just like, what a crazy you know, like idea of that, like actually being there, seeing something burn, but it's not being consumed. And so God is speaking through this bush and speaking to Moses. And it picks up in chapter three, verse 10, I wanna read. It says, come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will sometimes be with you. Now, I will only be with you if you go to men's and women's prayer on Tuesday and Thursday. No, it says, I will certainly be with you. And I love that God emphasizes that because it's a promise that if God called you, he's gonna back you up, that it doesn't matter the things that you're going through. It's a promise that I will be with you no matter what. And then it goes on and says, this shall be a sign to you that I've sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on the mountain. And then I wanna fast forward to chapter four, verse 10. It says, then Moses said to the Lord, oh my Lord, I am not eloquent. And again, Moses is focusing on his insecurity. He's focusing on the things that he's not. He starts limiting himself. And I wanna ask ourselves the question this morning, where are some areas in our life that we're limiting ourselves? And you know, I feel like there's a lot of people that you know God has called you, God wants to use you, but you can actually talk yourself out of being used by God. Because if you say all the things you're not, you know, I believe God does work all things together for good, but you can talk yourself out and not step and not make a progression towards what God wants you to do and actually talk yourself out of being that amazing man and woman that God wants to use. It goes on and says, you know, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue. Once again, you know, he's coming up with excuses and reasons for God not to use him. Verse 11, it says, so the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go and I will be with you and teach you what to say. And then it goes on and says, Moses, you know, asked for God to use somebody else. 
You know, I feel like sometimes, you know, God may call you to a big thing and you might be, might be so, you know, distracted on like, man, this is such a big obstacle, standing up during COVID and speaking the truth or, you know, being doing what God wants you to do. But I feel like at times we get so scared of the giant that's in our way. And Pastor Alex preached so brilliantly about that last week that we look at the giant and we see this thing and we're like, you know what? I'm not gonna conquer it. I'm just gonna stay here and be okay. But what Moses didn't do, he wrestled with God for a little bit but then it goes on to say that, you know, Moses was used by God. And I love this because something I wrote down, it said, I wrote, don't let insecurities get in the way of the plan and mission that God has for your life. Don't let the insecurities that you have get in the way of the plan that God has for your life. You know, from going from insecure to confident, this was the story of Moses. If, you know, we hear it all the time earlier in the chapter, it talks about how Moses killed a man. You know, if you feel like God couldn't use you, Moses killed someone. Like God used some pretty and gnarly people in the Bible, so you don't really have an excuse. But Moses, you know, killed a man and then, you know, was wrestling with God at the burning bush. And then from there was like, okay, God, like if you're calling me, I know you're gonna back me up. And then he ends up, you know, going to Pharaoh and the Egyptians and, you know, he's seeing God do all these incredible things, seeing the plague, seeing, you know, the things that are coming against Pharaoh. And then he starts to know and gain his confidence from God, where he once struggled with an insecurity. He wasn't focused on his own ability anymore. He started to see that his confidence was shifting, that he was putting his confidence in God rather than himself. And then we see, you know, when he came to the Red Sea, what we thought is this impossible thing as they're, you know, leaving Egypt and the Egyptians are chasing after them. We see, you know, God saying to Moses, hey, what's in your hand? what's in your hand? And he says, I got a rod, I got a staff and the water parts and they walk through. The Israelites get to the other side and the Egyptians are then you know, taken out by the water. So what I love about this is, is Moses didn't go from insecure to confident right away. With a lot of it in life, it's usually through progressions. It's through a journey of life that we actually are able to overcome whatever insecurity is in our life to then know that our trust and our confidence comes from God. In a personal story kind of on that, I remember I just showed the photo of myself of the high school summer camp, and my whole goal in life was to go play college football. We got any sports fans in here? You know, I went to a local high school down in Del Mar called Torrey Pines High School and loved athletics, you know, grew up playing every sport possible, football, basketball, baseball, rugby, all of it, and had so much fun. And I remember, you know, my senior year, I had some offers to go play football. And I remember we went to that summer camp. And when I got back from that camp, I was gonna make my decision where I was gonna go play football. And I really felt that I needed to do the internship with the church. I needed to lay down my dream to play football, to pursue this internship because of the moment, because of encountering God. A moment, who knows that a moment in God's presence can change everything. A moment in God's presence can change everything. And so I remember, you know, signing up for the internship, Pastor David Chittick and Jim Rooney, they were talking about it. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do the internship. And honestly, I almost quit before the thing even started. Because I found out from doing the orientation that we had to do five minute preaches uh, in the intern class and speak to all the other 60 people in the room. And I'm like, you know, screw that. I can't talk, I'm shy, I'm insecure. I hate people, I don't like being around people. And I remember, you know, Brad Jones, a friend of mine came up to me and he's like, are you gonna let fear always put a ceiling over your life? 
Are you always gonna choose fear over faith? Are you gonna choose to let fear get in the way of what God may wanna do in your life? And so for me, talking about how I went from insecure to confident, you know, I was so nervous that first time I got asked to do that five-minute preach. I remember shaking. Literally, probably my voice was like not sounding too good. Like I was very, very nervous. But I remember mustering up the faith to do it. And I'm telling you, it went from you know one time doing it to then gaining a little bit more confidence, to gaining a little bit more confidence, to get a little bit more confidence, to now being able to be up here today. The last thing I honestly thought I would ever be doing, I never wanted to be a pastor, I never wanted to be in ministry, but only God. And it's been an incredible time of seeing what God can do when you put your confidence in him. And jumping into the, the second thing that I have for us and my, my second point of really seeing you know, evidence of transformation in my life is from performance to purpose. From performance to purpose. And I mentioned a few minutes ago that you know, I grew up in athletics and played every single sport you know, humanly possible. And now I just picked up pickleball, which has been fun over the last two years. You know, any pickleball fans in the room? Come on, it's not just for the older people, it's for all ages. Come on, John, I see you, John. But with athletics, you know, we can get really caught up in the performance of things. And we can get caught up in like, you know, if you do X, Y, and Z, that's gonna, you know, reap the harvest or reap the right results that you want. And if we're not careful, we can let that performance creep into the house of God. Where you can let performance come into your life and where you can, you know, think that, hey, if you don't miss a men's prayer on a Tuesday or a woman's prayer on a Thursday or showing up on the front row, lifting your hands or, or doing random things at church, like a lot of people will do those things thinking that's what's going to promote them, thinking that's or, those are going to be the things that elevate them. But for me, that's been, you know, something that really gripped me. And the Bible talks about, you know, fear of man versus fear of God. And the fear of man is rooted in craving approval of others over approval of God. It's the desire for approval. And that was something that I always cared about. I honestly always cared how people would view me. And so I remember at times in my life doing things that were a little bit outside my character, not that they were bad things, but I remember trying to do things, you know, seeing other people get praised, seeing other people overcome different things, get accolades and things like that. And I wanted to do things that they were doing thinking I would get the same benefit. And so for me, there's a verse in the Bible that says in, or in Proverbs 29, verse 25, I think we got it on the screen behind me. It says, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. You know, if we focus all of our life and our attention of, hey, you know, I'm gonna do this so I can go viral on TikTok, Instagram, whatever it may be, so caught up on the likes of life, doing things that are outside your character to get the approval of people, I'm telling you, friend, that you're wasting your time. That if we're so focused on doing things for this world, we're actually gonna miss out on what God wants to do in your life. And honestly, kind of a, a little silly example, I remember this was probably five years ago, I was on staff for the church overseeing our buildings and facilities for the church, and I remember I was at Bressy Ranch Campus. You know, any people love Bressy Campus? I know, it's an amazing place, that's kind of where it all started for me. But I remember, you know, being there one Sunday, and I was in charge of taking out the trash, you know, flipping the lobby, like making sure the lobby was, you know, great and excellent for the next service, cleaning the bathrooms, things like that. And this is so silly, but I remember when I was doing some of the work that I was doing, I wouldn't do it, like pick up trash and take out the trash can if a leader didn't see me do it. 
Like I was so caught up on making sure, hey, I'm gonna do this task. I'm gonna do this thing if a pastor sees me because I think, you know, only promotion comes from man. And that was something that I really had to wreck and get rid of in my life and understand, you know what? God doesn't want me living in performance. He doesn't want me doing things. He wants me to be focused on him and the purpose that he has for my life. And so if we're not careful, we can, you know, do a lot of things in life seeking other people's approval. But I'm telling you this morning, when, when I figured out, you know what, I'm not gonna try and preach like someone else. I'm not gonna try and speak. I'm gonna be who God has created me to be. There was a burden that was lifted off of me and a weight that was lifted because I know I need to be who God has created me to be. He hasn't called me to be a copycat of someone else, even though I love Pastor Jurgen, I love Pastor Alex, I love Pastor Mike. They're all phenomenal. They have a purpose. They have a calling. But if I try and live my life like them and preach like them and talk like them, it's not gonna go well for me. God is calling us to be you, your unique self. He wants us to be confident in who God has created us to be. And kind of wrapping up on that, that last point, I remember years ago, Pastor David Chittick and Brad Jones, they asked me to service lead one of our Friday night My City Youths back in the day. It was one of our youth services on a Friday. Alex almost, you remember that, lots of fun. And I remember getting asked to do that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is you know, obviously a cool honor, but I was super nervous. I'm like, how am I supposed to come up with something like Pastor Mike did earlier today? He got up here after worship, you know, shared a quick thought, prayed, and then went back into the flow of service. I remember getting asked to do that and I was like, how am I supposed to talk for two minutes? Like, what am I supposed to say? Like having all the eyes on me, that's a little intimidating, that's a little bit scary. But I remember getting up there and as I was figuring out what I wanted to say, I'm like, our whole entire church loves Brad, loves Pastor David Chittick. I'm gonna try and operate and speak how they speak. And I remember getting up onto that stage and I don't even remember what I said, but I do remember when I got down, I'm like, this isn't me. Like that didn't even feel like me. And I really felt convicted in that moment. And like I just mentioned a few minutes ago, God was calling me to be me. That I have a unique purpose and a unique calling that this world needs. And if I try and be like other people because they're getting applauses and praise, that's the wrong thing. I need to be focused on knowing the purpose that God has for me in my life. And the last point that I have as the worship team can come up, I think we're almost at that time. Uh, it says 11 minutes left. Is that all my clock? Perfect. Awesome. The last thing that I have of transformation and, and seeing God's evidence of transformation in my life is from shame to freedom. From shame to freedom. And honestly, you know, shame is something that the enemy wants to keep you gripped in for many, many years. And I remember, you know, when I was a younger boy, you know, making mistakes and doing things like that, you wouldn't feel good about it, especially if you were a Christian. And what I really started to understand is sin can so entangle your life that if you just keep it hidden, if you just keep it you know, covered up, not tell it to anyone, the enemy is gonna be like, you're gonna be okay. But I don't know about you, but if I keep things hidden, if I keep things suppressed in my life, I actually feel more depressed. I feel like the more I suppress things, the more my life goes into shambles, goes into chaos. And there's incredible you know, story in the Bible in Genesis you know, we all know Adam and Eve. I would hope, you know, a lot of us know Adam and Eve in the Bible. This is a, you know, a cool little scripture and, and, uh, and story of them kind of going from shame to freedom as well. But Genesis starts off, you know, God puts Adam into this garden and then, you know, pulls out a rib from Adam and makes woman, makes Eve. And God says, you can eat from all of the trees, everything in this garden, but this one thing don't touch. 
don't eat of this tree. And then we see later on, it goes on and it talks about how the serpent, who knows the enemy is deceptive. The enemy wants you to get caught up in something that isn't true because the enemy went to Eve and said, hey, Eve, the reason God doesn't want you to eat from that tree is because, he, because if you eat of it, you're gonna become just like him, which is you know, not the case at all. Like God, We have God's DNA on the inside of us that we are already like God, but the enemy wants to bring deception into our lives. And then we know the story where you know, Adam and Eve, they eat of the tree. And I wanna pick up in Genesis chapter three, verse eight. This is right after they ate from the tree. And it says, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. In the cool of the day, Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees. I feel like a lot of times in life when we have sin and there's some stuff that we're dealing with and there's some shame in our lives, the first thing that we wanna do is hide ourselves. Just like Adam and Eve, they, they ate of the tree and they were so afraid, so they hid. Where is it in our life when we make a mistake, do we hide? Instead of going to a connect leader, instead of going to a pastor, you know, the Bible talks about when you confess your sins, when you confess things to one another, that's where healing can come. You know, God's all about bringing freedom, but we actually have to be the ones that initiate it first. That God can bring freedom, but we first gotta take the first step. So then it talks about, you know, it goes through Genesis chapter three of, you know, God was, you know, upset and angry that they disobeyed him. But then it says in verse 21, it says, also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. And what I love about that and what that means is, is God ended up covering them. That God put skin on their bodies that where they were trying to hide themselves and put fig trees and leaves and all that stuff over their body, that God actually covered them. And that's what God wants to do for you this morning, that God's here to cover us. He's not here to, you know, preach about it and put it on Twitter and all these different things of all of our shortcomings, all of our mistakes. He's not there to publicize the things that we're going through. But what he does want is us as individuals to be authentic, to be real, to bring things up to the surface, to allow God to deal with some of that shame. Because if we hold on to that shame, it's only gonna torment us for years and years and years to come. The only way that a healing process can begin is if we bring it to the light. And that's what I really feel for majority of us in this room this morning is there's some things that God wants to surface, wants things to be brought to life. And really just as I'm landing the plane here, a personal story that I wanna share with you guys kinda to, to bring this point home is, I was, like I mentioned earlier, have an incredible dad, my mom, and my mom was at the first service as well, so I had both my parents here on a Sunday, which was amazing. And I was raised in a Christian family. I was, you know, went to a Christian private school, uh, did all that, was taught the word of God, was taught the right things of living life. And I remember, you know, my mom and my parents sharing with me of, you know, hey, you know, when high school comes, there's gonna be some decisions that you could make. You know, a lot of your friends may be talking about how they're fooling around with girls or drinking or doing drugs or whatever it may be. And she just said, be ready and be aware of that thing so you don't have to fall into that trap. And so I remember, you know, like listening to what my mom said and my parents said, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, wait to sleep around until I'm married. I'm not gonna do any of those things. I'm not gonna sleep around. I'm gonna only have sex with a girl that I'm married to. There we go. Thanks for correcting me. Now we gotta bring Holy Spirit back. Not gonna sleep around when I'm married. I'm only gonna be faithful to one, to one girl. How am I supposed to recover now? But honestly, go ahead and sit. I gotta wrap this up. 
Shoot, next time I do that, I gotta make sure I don't say that. Thank you. But I remember freshman year came around. <laughs> so funny, they're, not, they're never gonna let that down. I'm screwed. Uh, yeah, there you go. I help somebody. You don't sleep around when you're married. You're only faithful to one person. Now you know. Learn through me. Learn through me. Oh, here we go. Here we go. But freshman year of high school, you know, I'm now at a public high school, Torrey Pines, 3,000 people at this school, you know, left a little private school of 20 kids in my graduated eighth grade class to now being with 750 in my freshman class. And I remember all my friends, you know, if you played sports, there's locker room talk. And all these guys are talking about the things that they're doing, all the worldly things that I just mentioned a few minutes ago. And I'm like, I almost felt like I was missing out. And for the first time, this word pornography got brought up by one of my friends. And I remember, you know, like, okay, you know, I'm not gonna sleep around. I'm not gonna do any of that stuff. Like, you know, lesser of two evils. I'm gonna, you know, start watching this thing on a device or on a computer or whatever it may be. And I remember, you know, like looking up these sites and looking at the images on my computer and my phone. And after, you know, closing my computer, I would just feel so much shame. I feel so much conviction and so much guilt of, you know, I'm a Christian. I shouldn't be struggling with these things. Like, you know, why, what, what's, what's going on? And I remember, you know, I would just do that. I would be in this repetitive cycle day after day, year after year. And I'm like, man, how am I supposed to talk about it? And the enemy's like, you don't. Just keep it suppressed. Just keep bearing it. Don't bring it up to the light. And I remember, you know, freshman year was a struggle. Sophomore year was a struggle. Junior year was a struggle. And I'm like, you know what? Enough is enough. Like, I do not want this to be something that is gripping me the rest of my life. I believe there can be freedom and I can get set free. And I believe God wants to bring some freedom into your life this morning, something that's been gripping you for so many years. God can let it go in a moment. God can set you free in an instant. A moment in his presence can change everything. And so I remember senior year of high school at the previous church that I was going to, I went and found a leader of mine, someone that I trusted. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm going through this thing. I'm struggling with this. Like, what should I do? And at first I thought, you know, he was gonna be like, what the heck, you're a Christian. You shouldn't be struggling with that. And it was the complete opposite response from him. He's like, hey, I'm glad you're bringing this up to me. How long have you been, you know, dealing with this? And I told him the story and told him how many years. And he's like, okay, so now what you're gonna do, because you confessed it and brought it to the light, it's losing all power over your life. And that's what I feel like God wants to share with us this morning, is there might be something that has a grip, that it's so, it's just digging into you. And you feel like there's nothing that you can do. You feel like you can't overcome it. It could be because we keep it suppressed. It could be because we're not bringing it to the light. But I know just like me over, it was nine years ago, I told it to that leader and now pornography has not been an issue in my life since then. And I, I don't share that to brag about myself, but I share it because if we don't address some things in our life, if we don't address some of those things, it's only gonna bring torment into our future. And I know when I get married one day, I don't want that thing to ever have a hold on my life. And so this morning, as I come to a close, I want us just to all stand to our feet. You know, freedom comes when you bring it to the light. Freedom comes when you bring it to the light. We serve a God like I mentioned a few moments ago, that wants to bring freedom. He doesn't want you struggling with the same things that have tormented you, that have caused you pain when you're going to sleep every single night. But I feel like what the enemy wants us to do 
is be comfortable and familiar with that shame. And even though we know we need to overcome some things, we feel like it's the hardest thing ever to speak about it and share it with someone. And so I'm hoping this morning by hearing, you know, what I've been able to communicate and be real and authentic and honest with you guys, I hope that it can set someone free this morning. I hope that you know that there's a God that is gonna bring freedom, that is gonna bring restoration into your life. And just real quick, I want us all to just close our eyes and just not about a religious thing, but just for privacy. Because as I was, you know, figuring out how I wanted to conclude this message, what I really felt like there's some people in this room that need to let shame go. That you're not the mistake that you made. That you're not, you're not that person. You're not the thing that you repetitively do time after time after time. The enemy wants to keep you there, but we serve a God that wants you to cross over to the other side. He wants you to be and restored in him. So this morning, if you feel like you're someone in here that hasn't been able to have the confidence to share about the shame that's going on in your life, I'm telling you, friend, just like God did it for me, when I brought things to the light, that's when I was healed, that's when I was set free, that's where things were no longer able to get a hold on my life, and I believe the same thing can happen for you. Just like it happened for me nine years ago, I'm believing it can happen right here, right now. So if you're someone in this room and you feel like you've been gripped by shame and you have not been able to let it go, I just want you to raise your hand, and I'm gonna pray for you. As every you know, head is bowed, eye is closed, I wanna pray for you guys because God is gonna set you free. God is gonna bring restoration. But like I said, you gotta initiate it. You gotta bring things up. You gotta allow God to work in your life. That he's a God that loves us so much and he wants us to talk to him and bring things up. So Father God, I thank you right now for all these hands on my left, on the center, on the right, that are, that are wanting to be set free from shame this morning. God, I thank you, Jesus, right now where the enemies try to get them trapped and saying, hey, you know, it's just better to stay in shame. It's easier. Don't bring it up to someone. I'm telling you, friend, the complete opposite is true. When you bring it up, yes, it's gonna be hard at first, but it's gonna be the journey of you walking it out with a trusted connect leader, a trusted friend, a trusted leader, and that's when God is able to move. That's when God is able to bring his amazing healing power. So Father God, we thank you right now for what is happening in this moment. I just see right now legacies being forever changed because of the boldness of people in this room of bringing up things and doing the, the hard conversation, but willing to be set free because they know they cannot keep that thing with them any longer. So Father God, we thank you for the generations and legacies that are gonna be affected by the boldness and the courage of people in this room this morning. God, I thank you right now that you see them, that you have an incredible plan for your life, for their life, and that you're gonna bring freedom as they bring things that are caught in the dark into the light. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Come on, I'm so proud of each and every single one of you, it takes boldness to raise your hand and say, hey, I don't want this thing to torment me any longer. And I know a lot of you are gonna walk out here with a burden that is no longer on you, a weight of just feeling God's peace. You know, things that have been weighing you down for many years aren't gonna weigh you down anymore. And the last thing I wanna do is I have um, one minute over is uh, I never wanna dismiss a service without giving people the opportunity to accept Jesus into your heart. So real quick, if we can one more time close our eyes and bow our heads. What I love about God is he sent his son to this world, to this earth over 2000 years ago on a rescue mission to die for you and I. 
And you know what? It doesn't matter the sin, the mistakes, the things that we've gone through, that God's arms, Jesus's arms are open wide, open wide. He's ready for us to come home. And so I don't know, maybe you're here for the first time. You've never accepted Jesus into your heart. Friend, I'm telling you, God loves you. God cares about you. He created you. You know, it's a miracle that you're even here today, that you're alive, that God wants to use you. And but maybe there's some people in this room that have maybe once accepted Jesus into your heart. Maybe you once asked God to come into your life many years ago or, or weeks ago or whatever it may have been, but you feel like your relationship with him has kind of drifted. You know, I make this analogy all the time. You know, we are in San Diego. I'm sure a lot of us all love the beach. And when we're going to the beach, you know, you'll throw out your beach chairs, your towels on the sand, and then you guys will jump in the ocean and you're having fun and you look up moments later and you're like, did someone move my stuff? Like, I swear it was right here. And you're like, someone definitely had to steal my stuff. They moved it, they're playing a joke on me. But the fact is you just drifted, the current pulled you. And maybe there's some people in this room this morning, it's never a distinct like, hey, I'm gonna not follow Jesus today. It's just a slow drift. And I feel like there's some people that God is saying, hey friend, I want you to come back to me this morning. I have more in store for you. I wanna do some things in your life that you could have never dreamt, thought or imagined. So with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, I'm just gonna give an invitation. If you fall into any of those two categories, on the count of three, just stretch up your hand. One, friend, God loves you. Two, he's got an incredible plan for you. Three, hands go up. Come on, thank you, Jesus, amazing. Come on, I see those hands. Thank you, Jesus, come on, hands up everywhere. Come on, let's give it up for all these incredible people. This is what church is all about. You know, there are so many hands I couldn't even count. What I would love to do is I would love for you guys to be bold. I would love for you guys to grab a friend on your left or right said, hey, I just raised my hand. I want you to wow, down to the what an row. amazing I word. I hope you enjoyed that I as much as I did. Hey, listen, say, man, for so more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.